Hi, and welcome to BJGP Interviews. I'm Nada Khan, and I'm one of the associate editors of the BJGP. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to this podcast. In today's episode, we talk to Dr. Simon Beerton, who is a GP and research fellow from the Department of Public Health and Primary Care in Leuven, Belgium. We're going to discuss the paper that he and his team have published in the BJGP, titled Trends in the Registration of Anxiety in Belgian Primary Care from 2000 to 2021. So thanks, Simon, for joining us here today. You discuss in the paper the background to this paper and what we already know about anxiety in primary care. But tell me a little bit more about the drive behind this and why you decided to conduct this study. Uh, well, um, we found that there is not much known on anxiety in, in our setting in, in general practice, um, at least not in Belgium. Uh, there is very little um, uh, figures and, and, and numbers on it. And uh, we wanted to use our perspective, the, the database that we have in general practice to see um how we have what the evolution the registration of mental health issues are in our setting um yeah we wanted to fill in the gap and just know what what mental health issues look like what registration um uh, in general practice looks like i suppose mental health anxiety it's a big issue in general practice so it's important to know the scope of the problem Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this study was conducted using data from Flanders in northern Belgium. But tell us a bit more about what you did here. Uh, so the database that we used is uh, a general practice database collecting uh, information uh, from the electronic medical records. Currently, we have about 700,000 patients and uh, they come from, I think it's around 110 now, uh, currently practices uh, all across Flanders. Uh, We don't have any information about other regions in Belgium, but Flanders is the the most populous region. Um, And and the the practices, the GP offices, uh, so to speak, are fairly uh, evenly distributed across uh, that region. So we register diagnosis, uh, prescriptions, and, and and demographic data of the of the patients. Thinking about the sort of what you found here, the it was quite surprising that the trends of anxiety and the prevalence of anxiety increased quite significantly because you looked over a time period from two thousand and one to two thousand and twenty one. Yeah. So. From what I remember of the paper, the prevalence increased from 1% in 2000 to almost 5% in 2021 yeah, yeah. across all age groups. And that's a really big change. So talk us through the main findings and what you think is driving this increase. Well, I think it's um, multifactorial to begin with. I don't think it's very easy uh, to say for certain what is causing this this trend. Uh, but we have a number of hypotheses that we also uh, discuss in the paper, because I think, it, yeah, when you look at the figure itself, you see this 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 line going up, and it's quite it's quite surprising, I guess. But uh, I think there's multiple factors at work here, and and maybe three main factors, as you will. You could look at it either way, I guess. More negatively, you could say that well, there's actual an actual increase in anxiety that we're seeing, and this is just a reflection of what's going on in society. 
but I don't think it's 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 as easy as that. Uh, maybe also increased awareness uh, plays a role, because in Belgium in, in recent years there has been more and more awareness public campaigns on mental health, especially also in in the younger population. Uh, so that is definitely also a factor that we have to take into account, and that is I think a more positive note that we're uh, yeah we're seeing it more quickly than than before and i guess the social stigma also is significantly less than at the beginning of our study period in, in 2000 which is a good thing so I, th those are two main things and then the third thing what we also discuss in in the paper um and our previous paper on depression as well and i guess it, it that is the case for almost every medical registry uh, as you will is uh, the sort of registration effect that you might see a registration bias, uh, which for whatever reason and, and not related to the outcome measure at all, registration seems to uh, increase, maybe because of, of more easier coding or, or uh, uh, better coding practice in general, or some changing attitude toward coding, which has nothing to do with anxiety uh, at all. So that might also be a driving force for this increase. Uh, so I guess we're looking at multiple factors here instead of just one. Yeah. And the biggest increases you found were amongst the younger age groups. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially suggesting that it may just be that maybe less of a coding issue, but perhaps more that people are seeking help from their GPs. At a, at a different stage or that the prevalence is increasing amongst these yeah exactly there, there's some international concern about that as well especially in young people so maybe there's also a reflection of what we see here in our data but yeah it could also be that they're just more aware and they're more um, easily discussing it with their gp than before because there's less stigma around it and they feel more comfortable discussing and, and actually admitting that they might have a mental health issue Mm. Uh, that in previous years might not have even been brought up. Uh, mm. so. so you mentioned that the database has really good data on prescribing patterns and the prescribing patterns in this paper are really interesting. So tell me a bit more about what you found in terms of prescribing for anxiety. So we looked at um, a prescription of psychoactive medication in, in prevalent patients, uh, patients who are already having an established diagnosis, uh, so to speak, for at least one year. Uh, and what we found was that globally, uh, the proportion of patients treated with psychoactive medication was quite high, and it also continued to increase throughout uh, the study period. And what's most interesting is that we saw well, the most commonly used medication are SSRIs, a class of antidepressants, and, and benzodiazepines, mostly as uh, sedatives. And what we saw that while initially at the beginning of the study period, there was more proportionally more benzodiazepines being prescribed than SSRIs. And the two changed positions around, I think it was 2017, where you could see that uh, SSRIs increased while uh, the use of benzodiazepines slowly declined. And I think maybe that is also an impact because there's a lot to do in Belgium in general about uh, psychoactive medication use. It's, it's quite a problem. We have quite a reputation on that as well. And, and there was a lot, also a lot of public campaigns to, to deprescribe benzodiazepines, especially in the older population, but also in general, to not use it as quickly um, as we did before. So that might have driven that change as well that we see. 
But I think the most striking finding is that we see that still a lot of people end up with medication. I think it was about 40% at the end of the study period. We do not necessarily know whether the medication was prescribed for anxiety, but it was still psychoactive medication in someone who was having a, uh, an anxiety diagnosis uh, by a GP. Yeah, and I think, as you highlight, one of the main findings was that more people were prescribed an SSRI and younger age groups as well were more likely to get prescribed something when they first present yeah, to, the, yeah. to the GPs as well. Okay. Um, you discuss in the paper a bit about whether it's unclear whether GPs are under or over-diagnosing anxiety. And what do you think about the use of these of clinical tools to diagnose anxiety? Because some GPs might use things like the GAD-7, so validated tools to look at generalized anxiety, but other clinicians might just make a clinical assessment. Do you have any thoughts about what GPs should be doing to diagnose anxiety or what your feelings are from doing this work? I think from an epidemiological standpoint, I think, yeah, if everyone uses the same tool, then, then we have more reliable data. But as it is, yeah, I mean, there is no the current guidelines in Belgium do not really say anything about uh, this use of a specific uh, a questionnaire or, or survey, as you will. Some, some, yeah, some GPs, myself included, are, are more likely to to go under clinical instinct and say, okay, this is this this seems like a clinical issue to me. Whereas others might just, yeah, literally go over a questionnaire. I don't think there is a good or bad method per se. Um, and and we tried to capture that variability a bit um, in what we see because you can still uh, fill in a questionnaire, for example, and and conclude at the end that there might not be an anxiety disorder, but yet clinically you still feel that there's something amiss. Um, it all depends on what you code in the end because that is what we see in the database. So um, the way in which it ends up being registered is might not always be the way in which, which we do things uh, and that variability i think that's that's yeah i think inherent in every database that we cannot really capture that variability into, it's the reality of what's happening on the ground i suppose exactly yes, yeah. yes okay yes. any other key findings from this research that you want to highlight i guess if we um look over it uh from the beginning i think we have to be aware, um, let's start with the first thing, uh, that we saw the, the increase in incidence and prevalence. I'm quite an optimist, so I'm, I'm not really inclined to view it as a, as a negative thing per se. I'm, I'm just maybe happy that we're more aware of a problem, that we're registering diagnosis uh, more collect- correctly, more diligently. But I think the main takeaway for me is the proportion of, of patients who receive a lot of medication. And I think that reflects my own experience maybe with with some colleagues I I have met as well is that maybe we tend to give medication to somehow account for the fact that we feel inadequate in approaching these patients because we're not really sometimes unequipped to deal with it. We're not psychotherapists and uh, and, and none of us, at least in Belgium, had any course during uh, their curriculum on on, uh, psychotherapy. So maybe that is a reflection of why we intend to give medication to sort of uh, direct them a certain way and and then refer them. But also we saw that we looked at not only on prescriptions per se, but how often they were giving out 
uh, each year. And we also saw that in the beginning of the study period, prescriptions used to be rather sporadically given out, whereas towards the end, uh, people receive more than, well, the proportion of people receiving more than three prescriptions a year increased uh, significantly. So it seems that somehow GPs are, are following up their patients in, in some way, but they're still jumping quite quickly to, to, to medication. So I think if there's anything to be learned from this paper, um, yeah, I think it's that we have to be more aware of our impulses and that we that psychotherapy is still quite important and, and regular follow-up as well. Uh, I think most, some GPs might just get medication and hope that things will sort themselves out. And then a year later, the patient comes back and it's, it's more difficult to pick things up if you're not doing a regular follow-up. So for me, at least, that was the, the most salient finding, uh, as you will. Okay, so that's a good take-home message here for people working in primary care. So think carefully about prescribing in anxiety or jumping to prescribing and also making sure that you're having routine regular follow-ups with people to monitor what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Thanks very much for that. And clearly from how, what we discussed at the outset, it sounds like by doing this research, you've answered a gap in our knowledge about what happens in Belgium. So that's been really helpful to go over, but thank you very much for your time here today. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, it's been great to hear more about what's happening in practice in Belgium and perhaps to give us all a bit of pause for thought on how we're prescribing for anxiety in practice. And thank you all very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research article can be found on bjgp.org and the show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. Thanks again and bye. Bye.